Welcome to Is This Working? The tools we use to work have changed drastically, but how we work hasn't. In this podcast, we explore how we can make work work better for us. We're your hosts, me, Anna Codrerado, and me, Tiffany Philippou. Each week, we challenge conventional views about work by taking on topics like mental health, productivity, office culture, and even what the modern way of working means for our relationships. This isn't about the future of work. This is about what's happening in work right now. This episode of Is This Working is brought to you by Worksum. Discover and hire the best freelance talent in the UK. Highly skilled and on site. Tiffany, you've been fired. What was that like? I sure have. Well, I went to work one morning expecting it to be a day like any other. And the first thing I had to do that morning was present to the whole team the marketing plan that I was planning to execute myself. I got very little feedback. In fact, everyone just sat there in complete silence, which arguably was a bit of a warning sign. And a colleague next to me was looking quite uncomfortable which now I look back on it it was all fairly obvious what was going to happen and the person who was managing me wasn't in that meeting to be fair but came in later and pulled me into a meeting as soon as he got there and he sat me down and he essentially said we don't want you to be here anymore and then what happened I went into complete shock but how I tend to deal with these sorts of things is I become very poised and very I care much about holding myself together and my composure but it's all a bit of a blur it's it's really hard to remember what happens in moments like that but I remember him very clearly saying you cannot walk away from this blaming the company culture you need to understand how you played a role in this as well which was hard to hear because my instinct maybe it's to protect yourself in that moment was to just say oh this is about the culture it's not about me um but that meeting ended and I said thank you for the opportunity uh it's a shame this has happened but no worries (laughs) and then I went in to clear out my desk and the CEO got up to try and talk to me and I just almost burst into tears and I just ran out the office and that's when I really broke down um it was a a complete shock to be honest Mm. um it's really interesting that they said to you basically it's not us it's you um how did that feel and also now a significant amount of time has passed how do you look at the situation with in hindsight i was thinking about this today because i find it very difficult to talk about what happened in a way that doesn't sound bitter or like I haven't taken responsibility. Mm -hmm. And I was playing a game with myself where if you get, I could could write a narrative for what happened. If you said to me, okay, what's the story if you had a bad boss? I could tell you a true story about how that was the problem. Or if you said, okay, the culture's a problem. Or Tiffany, 
it's your problem because of how you work or it's tell the story of how your life was a mess so you were just breaking down all those things are true and I could make them the lead narrative Mm. but the reality is I can't fully make sense of it and I don't know what is true and I think it's probably a combination of things I thought they meant I understand why the person said to me don't blame the culture I think he's someone I've worked with for a long time and I genuinely think he was thinking um I genuinely think he was thinking you should aim to learn from this and Mm -hmm. take responsibility and I actually do get that but at the same time that wasn't necessarily the moment to hear that Mm. I think it's a bit like dumping right so (laughs) say I was dumping you oh god <laughs> i'd rather not <laughs> um if i if, if i was dumping and rejecting you i would say it in a way that makes you feel good in the short term and i think the learning and the processing can come later so what i mean by that is say i'm say i am firing someone and i would say the culture has loads of issues um unfortunately they're not going to change in a way that will be satisfactory to you or I'd say you clash with how things are currently I would I would make an effort to make people feel good about it but I guess my EQ is probably a bit higher than some of the people I've come across in my in my time now that you have processed it what responsibilities or what side um what have you learned that you kind of need to improve on I guess I'm saying if you know he has said it's your fault what have you learned about yourself so what I've done from my learnings is to change my situation rather than myself. So, and I'm not saying that's right for everybody. Everybody who, lots of people who get fired, there will be offices and environments that suit them. For me, my leading emotion was frustration and I definitely lashed out in different ways. And that frustration is because I wanted to be creative I wanted to run my own things and so when I had leaders who I didn't think were people I respected and I had this a lot in my career I'd get very frustrated so you know could I be someone who dealt better with my emotions be a bit less emotional whatever you want to call it or should I be someone that's channeling that energy into things that make me feel fulfilled now I went for the latter so of course I could have kept my job longer if I'd have kept my head down if I'd have not been like because I, I, because I've always worked in startups, it's always been, my, and always a very early stage employee. My attitude's always been, "What's best for the company? My job is for this company to be successful." And unfortunately, that doesn't actually do very well in the workplace. Sometimes, like sometimes, you do just have to say what your boss sa- says. Or protecting your job is a very different thing from making doing what you can to make something as, as successful as possible. Mm. And that's particularly why I don't do very well in more corporate environments. So. I have I, I'm I am aware how I could act differently but equally I don't really want to lose that I don't want to lose that um part of yourself yeah that like authentic I don't know like I don't want to lose I yes I get emotional yes I really care but I don't really want to lose that so I just mm. thought I'd take it elsewhere and then my last question then really is so why it, it, what you're describing is you just weren't happy in that job and it wasn't for you why do you why did you not quit sooner I've been reflecting about whether quitting sooner would have actually been better. And I think that people should look to leave situations that aren't right for them. But I think there's actually a lot to be said for giving things the time 
to see if they'll work or change. And I, I actually felt, I almost left prematurely. Like it wasn't like I was coming in every day and really hated being there. The thought of leaving hadn't actually crossed my mind yet. Mm. Admittedly, I actually think it's because I couldn't be asked to work out what else to do. And I think that's probably going to be quite a common thing people experience. It's actually quite a lot of thinking and work to work out what you would do instead if you quit. So the idea hadn't really come to me. I was just kind of every day at a time. But with hindsight, and again, I am going to compare this to relationships in every way. All, all, all episode, get ready. But, um, <laughs> but should I have left a relationship earlier than I did? You know, I think it's okay to let things run their course. And it's okay if the outcome is you getting rejected rather than quitting. The only benefit of quitting or jumping for your push is your pride is more intact. So true. But you're in the same situation and you learn a lot more from that humbling experience. So the more I think about it, I don't wish I'd left earlier. I'm happy that it all happened how it did. And I think that is a great place for us to kick off our next segment, which is why are we so scared of losing our jobs anyway? so scared of losing our jobs both of us have actually lost our jobs you through a firing and me through a redundancy um I don't know about you but do you think there's really any difference between the two of them I think where the key difference is is if you get made redundant you can blame the market forces or the wider world or the company or the industry whereas if you get fired so someone else takes your job it's a lot more personal and a lot more about you But I think everything that comes next, the grieving of a lost future, a loss of identity, all those issues are extremely similar. Yeah, I mean, when I lost my job, I definitely clung on to the fact that it was a redundancy and that I was one of many people who also got laid off that day as well. I think I even actually really specifically clung on to this statistic that I'd found that 1% of the total global headcount had been made redundant. And I really, really clung on to that. Um, Perhaps maybe in a way that, whereas as you were describing previously, you did a lot of self-reflection and a lot of work because you'd been told it was quote unquote your fault. I I didn't, I don't think I did that. Well, you could argue and I need to phrase this correctly, but when you're made redundant that's still a select group of people who've been selected as you're not you're not needed which is which is also a rejection because unless the whole company shuts down you've been selected and in a way getting fired it might be you piss us off or like something like that you don't get on with the boss maybe that you're not good at your job but being told we've selected you as someone who's useless (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah and actually like actually I could see how being made redundant worse psychologically what do you think of that I I know that I actively put psychological barriers up to, 
prevent that thought creeping into my mind because look let's be honest there were other people who there were you know the guy who literally sat next to me he did not lose his job so it it definitely is the case that not everyone it's like to your point people did get selected you know we they had to make cuts and I was in the people who got cut I think other people who went through that particular round of redundancies you know former colleagues of mine and people I'm still friends with they definitely had a really hard time dealing with it um but I think because I had always in the back of my mind thought maybe I wanted to go freelance I spun the whole thing around and used it as an opportunity had I wanted to stay at that particular company had I wanted to have a um office based job I think I would have struggled with it a lot more before we get more into the psychological effects of it let's ask that question why are we so scared of losing our jobs and should we just start with the really practical reasons yeah so obviously it's an obvious one, but that financial burden or trapments essentially. Yeah, I mean, to put it really bluntly, if you get fired, your paycheck paycheck stops. And the reality is that a lot of people, um, they're very, you know, they're ever, everyone is reliant on their paycheck. Of course we are, because that's how we exist in this economy um and especially something like and in my redundancy as well i mean my redundancy it very much was a case that it was effective immediately it was in in the kind of mechanics of it's kind of the same thing as getting fired so the paychecks just stop and depending on your financial circumstances outside of your job the consequences of that can be catastrophic didn't you get like a redundancy payout sort of thing um, I did in the end, I'm not going to go into the ins and outs of it. I did get something in the end, but in those immediate moments when it happens, you're not really sure exactly what's going to happen. So, um, and also it was definitely was not a package that was in any way generous enough for me to kind of take a year off or anything well, yeah, like that. Some, so. Sometimes people get, talk about being made redundant and they're like, oh, it's great because I've got given loads of money, but you can tell that's not how they feel. Yeah, definitely. Um, I mean, you know, also people always will grab onto whatever they can to make kind of to make sense of the situation. And um, if you do get if you do get a a generous package, which is the equivalent of a couple of months, you know, three to six months or, you know, upwards pay, that is it can if if used in the right way, that can be a really great thing because it really does give you that time to think. Um, my package was not that generous. So I, <laughs> I spent a week, I spent a weekend kind of rethinking what I wanted to do because I was worried about the financial pressure of the whole situation. So what can we do to remove that fear that keeps us locked in jobs that might not be right for us? The financial fear? Well, I, I do actually think that it is really important. I talk about this a lot in my newsletter. I think it's really important to have a financial cushion, to build your own financial cushion, no matter what circumstance you're in. So if you're freelance, obviously um, you want to have emergency funds because it's quite likely that you, you, know, you will experience at some point in your freelance career, either something bad will happen to you or you will have late payments. But if you're employed, you should also have a financial cushion. And and by that, I really don't mean kind of have a spouse that you can rely on or sort of have a pot of money that you've come into through family fortune or whatever. I mean, you know, money that you put into a savings account that will cover a month, three months, you know, build that up to hopefully six months worth of living expenses. Because that just, 
It's 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 what it says on the tin. It's an emergency fund. What about people who have mortgages, dependents, families? You know, it's easy for us to say that. What do you think about that? Yeah, and of course it is easy for us to say that. But at the same time, and you know, maybe this is a controversial thing to say, but I really do believe that the more commitments you have, the even more important it is to have that kind of cushion because the consequences you face are amplified you know um yes i you know i don't i don't have a i don't have mortgage repayments but still at the same time i still have to pay my rent you know my my i'm still in a i'm still committed to but my you might be doing it for a whole family but as but yeah. as you said um if anything the more commitments you have the more seriously you need to take preparing for the worst because i think the fact is we we're scared of losing our jobs because it's becoming an increasing reality across industries. Mm. And the number one thing we have to do is remove that fear. And as you said, it's that financial cushion. And I was speaking to someone recently who said, I don't like my job, but I'm going to spend the next three months working there and I'm going to save so I can leave. And they said, oh, it's really hard for me because and now I've decided I don't want to do this anymore. It's really hard. But at the same time, knowing why I'm going there and that is to have that cushion to leave, I think that makes, probably makes it a bit easier. Yeah, I mean, I think that is a really, really great attitude. Um, being really being really dedicated and really clear in, you know, what your struggles are in a, in a kind of work situation and how can you leverage what you, what you how can you leverage your current situation to better your future outcome is 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 brilliant and of course the best way you know you're in the strongest position to save when the money is coming in regularly and in a stable way so um while whilst you're still in a job it is so important to start chipping away and building that essentially that pot of money that will be an, an exit plan for you should you ever need it yeah, it's the opposite of burying your head in the your sa- in the sand as well, and I think a lot of people don't do the work of preparing for something to happen because that again, when I talked about my own getting fired experience, I just couldn't be asked to think about what else to do. I was like, oh, one day I'll do something else. Whereas if I'd say okay, and then and then if I said okay, you're going to work here for a bit longer for this reason, it would have made it so much easier to be there I think Mm. I mean look I am a natural catastrophizer I want to have an emergency plan in my home and kind of have a grab bag for when the zombie apocalypse (laughs) comes so I am kind of fully aware that um maybe uh, you know everything I'm saying is definitely comes from my own sort of tendencies towards looking for the worst person you know i'm the opposite obviously because <laughs> as discussed in a previous time episode talking about me moving in the moment so i happened i happen to have a cushion so me sitting here telling you to have a cushion is um literally kind of rich i suppose but but i do think that having that no matter how i manage to get it is a complete game changer because not having to stress about living and just being like, okay, cool, this has happened. What can I do now? But of course, there's that, that means I was left with simply the psychological impacts of getting fired, which was very interesting indeed. Well, I mean, this, yeah, this is the other thing is that we're not, you know, we're scared of losing our jobs, not only because we're scared of not having money, but there's a huge stigma attached to being unemployed. I mean, just think about what is the first question you ask when you meet someone new? 
what do you do? We define ourselves through our jobs and through our work and it has become such a huge part of our identity. Uh, and the reality is we sort of, I've done, um, we've done a little bit of um, research into the statistics around the effects of unemployment. And we found a study from the Royal College of Psychiatrists, which found that depression and anxiety are four to 10 times more prevalent among people who have been unemployed for more than 12 weeks. And on top of that, the research also found that unemployment is detrimental to mental health. And the longer someone is unemployed, the more vulnerable they are to mental health issues. And I think it's a lot more complex than, oh, it's because they're not getting up and going to work every day. I think it's a lot more to do with losing that sense of self. And from my experience, and what I think is really interesting, actually, is obviously in last week's episode about success, I talked about when I had an overnight success for Secret London and people kind of, you know, I was a hot property or whatever. Mm. The contrast between when I got fired and people were like, oh, what do you do? And I was like, oh, actually, I've just been fired. And people were like, ooh. And people treated me really badly. And with those two experiences, it's amazing I have any faith in humanity whatsoever. <laughs> and also it probably explains why I spend all day sitting at home on my own. <laughs> but saying that, the contrast, because it's partly people being able to place you but also it was like being infectious. Mm. Like people would catch my like losing job disease. <laughs> and it's like, well, no wonder that impacts people's mental health. Like I felt really shit sometimes. I remember a guy said to me, I was placed next to the only single guy at a wedding. And he said, oh, blah, blah, blah. And I sort of told him the story and he goes, you sound really bitter. And actually that really hurt. Mm. Was that quite recent? Was that um, quite soon after it happened as well? It was a couple of weeks afterwards. Yeah. So it's, and actually that's when I said a bit like earlier, I said, I don't want to, I don't want to talk about it because I just don't think there's any way to talk about it and tell that story without sounding bitter. And. But it's also what people want to hear as well, because I very much actively try to reclaim my own story and try to write my own narrative and not have it not not have being made redundant define me in a way that I wasn't comfortable with so I talked very openly about being made redundant being made redundant and it was very interesting so I remember distinctly talking with someone um it was actually the parent of a friend of ours and it was very clear to the to me that they were of the school of thought that you know success is basically measured in terms of if you are in a traditional job structure and the minute I said the r word it's as though that completely changed the tone of the conversation and they just couldn't get past the fact that I had lost my job and even though I was trying to explain to them that you know actually no it's a good thing it's all fine I'm good everything is going well it's people's, I guess, own, their own fears that they're projecting onto you. And if they think that's the worst thing that could possibly happen to them, you standing there saying it's happened to you is just putting a mirror up for them. For sure. And and they can't place you. So yeah. if people say, what do you do? And you don't have an answer. It makes people really uncomfortable. I hate that question so much. I wish there was another way to break the ice with someone new if any listeners have any suggestions for that please send them my way because um I find myself defaulting to asking people what they do and I don't I don't want I don't want to start the conversation like that Elizabeth Gilbert has a great one go on then what are you most excited about today 
That's a good one. And because that makes people feel really, it starts a conversation positively and opens it up to a really warm conversation. Um, but saying that, so there's obviously this issue around people not being able to place you and feeling really uncomfortable. I think there's this thing around identity being tied up in work and you losing your sense of self. And I think that plays a huge role in the mental health impact as well. Yeah, uh, definitely. I mean, look, this is something obviously we talk a lot about on this podcast, but we do live in a time where work is essentially the new religion in us in in one regard or it's the epicenter of how we define ourselves it it is our identity especially when you do jobs like you know I'm a journalist and there are certain types of jobs like journalists architects designers you say these words and people in, immediately have a kind of an image of what that person looks like in their mind and the longer you do these jobs you start losing a sense of where does this where does this image of this type of job start and where do I end and everything just kind of gets all jumbled up and not to mention the way we work on constantly being attached to our phones and kind of being in constant communication and all of that stuff it just takes up so much of our takes up so much so, so much of our lives that you start to forget that you are a person outside of what you do for money. It is great when you have the time to work that out though. And ironically getting fired or being made redundant can give you that it time. It gives you that time. Like once you've gotten over the anger and the shame and then suddenly you're getting into the rhythm of that sort of flexible life. I think that can be really great. But what's also interesting is the mental health con um, consequences of unemployment or aren't are often not talked about so there was an Atlantic piece called the mental health consequences of unemployment by a journalist called Rebecca J Rosen and she wrote this for the Atlantic in 2014 and she said unemployment's often talked about in the economic meaning not the psychological one the loss of a job is not merely the loss of a paycheck but the loss of a routine security and connection to other people and it's a really interesting piece because she talks about how unemployment talked about how many jobs there are, how many people don't have jobs, but not actually exploring the impact of not having a job and how it traps people. And I think that's something that's worth exploring because to understand why being unemployed is so awful for people, maybe it's good to get to the bottom of why people are so scared of losing their jobs. Yeah, I completely agree. And I mean, it just, it just reminds me of how when I used to work at The Guardian, uh, my good friend Yana, who has, she, she's a, I know she's listening to this podcast because she writes in to us. Um, she was a business reporter there and one of her, um, role, one of the things that she had to do as part of her job was report on the jobs report that came out. I can't remember if it was quarterly or monthly, but um, the US government puts out and, you know, the UK government does the same thing. It kind of, it, it tracks the state of the economy by job losses and gains and, you know, whether these are up and whether these are down. And it just always kind of struck me as it, we sort of talk about it in these huge, huge sweeping economic terms, but what we're talking about is actual people and the consequences of what the ups and downs of losing a job is actually like we we don't actually focus on these are individuals whose 
whole lives may be thrown in all sorts of different directions as a result i think it's 50 percent stigma so i think why being losing your job is so awful is because 50 percent of the stigma you get from other people and i think the other 50 percent is losing that sense of self and identity and i think when those two things come together when you don't know who you are anymore coupled with hostility from people or rejection from people in society i'm not surprised that you mix that together and you end up in a really awful state uh, yes i completely i completely agree and at the same time what i find interesting though is i think both of us would say that losing our jobs was the best thing that happened to our careers so there are cases in which you can turn the firing around and it can become a really significant and pivotal moment for your career. A hundred percent. And I think that more people need to be open about that because when I wrote my piece, um, I wrote for Refinery29 called uh, Getting Fired Was the Best Thing That Happened To Me. I got so many messages from people saying this happened to me, this happened to me because I thought, actually, I don't know if it's, I know, I'm sure a lot of people face redundancies, but I don't know if it's happened to a lot of people about getting fired and actually it has happened to a lot of people and I work in startup land basically everyone gets fired in startups everyone also gets well everyone gets made redundant redundant. in the media yeah so um people should talk about it because it's totally fine like the people who coming back to that feedback we got from our success episode from Fran about why is it only okay to talk about failure when the success comes from it why can't people go to a job interview and say I got fired from my last job here's why but you know why does it matter i think we need to accept that it's happening more and more in our evolving economy and society and then it's not a bad thing well i mean to go to loop back to your dating analogy most people have been dumped at some point (laughs) in their lives and when you go into your next relationship you don't try to hide the fact that oh yeah i ended it i ended it it was me i promise (laughs) like please date me like of course yeah it's completely the same isn't it yeah Getting fired's actually happened to a lot of really famous and successful people. J.K. Rowling, Nicki Minaj, Anna Winter, Steve Jobs, Madonna. (laughs) (laughs) And yet we still have a lot of stigma about it. Wait, I didn't know that Nicki Minaj had been fired. Nicki Minaj was an office manager and was fired from there. And she was also lost her job when she was waitressing in Red Lobster and a, a customer stole her pen and she chased chased them out. Um, but I'll put a link in the show notes to this article in The Cut, which has 25 famous women on how getting fired makes you stronger. And it's a must read for anyone going through anything similar. But with people like Nicki Minaj or JK Rowling was a secretary, they were just doing the wrong thing. Mm. So that's totally fine. And then... Anna Winter, who is now editor-in-chief of Vogue, when she was working as junior fashion editor at Harper's Bazaar, she was fired after six months for, well, for almost being too innovative, I think. And she herself says, I recommend that you will get fired. It's a great learning experience. So with her, it wasn't necessarily that she was doing the wrong thing. It was that people weren't liking what she said, which is similar to the famous Steve Jobs story as well. Yeah, they just, the world just wasn't ready for them. (laughs) Much like us. (laughs) Much like us indeed. But well, actually, and the other thing as well is I think if you do lose your job, 
so with the regards to the stigma another way of looking at it is this great quote, quote that i read from the ceo of elvest which is this new investment platform for women and she's called sally Krulchek. And she literally said, if you don't get fired at least once, you're not trying hard enough. And I really like that as a thing. I love that as a concept. I think that if you have just been fired, it might be quite a hard thing to hear. But um, it's really interesting because it, it kind of spins this whole idea on its head and saying that, you know, sometimes sometimes you might lose a job because people are just not ready for you and your ideas are just not in the right place and you need to go off and find the real you need to be able you need to be finding a place where you can put all of that energy and it'll actually come to fruition should we end with a dating analogy like with a relationship (laughs) if he doesn't love you and appreciate for who you are then go and find someone who does I think that is a really great place for us to end this segment. Up next, we're going to be talking about what to do if you have been fired. Is your company having problems finding the right talent? There's no talent shortage in the freelance economy. Discover and hire the best freelance talent in the UK with Worksum. Powered by cutting edge AI, Worksum gives you access to curated local freelancers and consultants. Take your pick from thousands of highly skilled freelancers and consultants within IT, project management, design, and many more. Just tell Worksum what you need and when, and then sit back as the AI finds the best freelancers for you. With Worksum, finding top talent just got easy. Visit worksum.co.uk to find out more. That's w-o-r-k-s-o-m-e.co.uk. Okay, so let's talk about what you can do if you have lost your job. So to my mind, I think the first thing that you need to do is process your emotions and allow that to happen. What I think is really funny is your story is that you were back at your desk on Monday morning, right? So that was two days of processing. I think I spent about three months processing. No, I'm just really, I've got, really, I've got an <laughs> Intel in, in whatever three, version three processor in my brain. I just get, I can process quickly. <laughs> but I'm, but just to highlight that, it doesn't matter. It takes different amount of times for different people. I'm a much more, what's the word? Emotional than you. <laughs> you definitely are more emotional than you. I am the robot in this, in this pair. But, um, but I do, I do think, and also you can also, you know, you can, and by the way, by the, by processing, I also don't mean like you have to completely just only sit and think, you know, you can also process alongside doing something else as well. So I definitely think I was processing as I went along as well. I don't think I just sort of did it in, in those two days. Um, but I was listening to a really great episode of 
idea HBR, which is Harvard Business Review's podcast where they solve office problems for you. Um, I think any listeners of our podcast will probably really enjoy it. Um, And they had an episode on firings with a psychologist called Susan David. And in it, they talk about, well, so the psychologist says this. She talks about how if you're in a difficult situation, it's less about what you do and it's more important you focusing on how you feel. So you might have all sorts of emotions like anger, frustration, feelings of injustice come up, but it's really important to dig underneath them and try and figure out what's really, really, what's really going on and using your emotions as a, well, she actually had this really great line where she said, emotions are data, not directives. So use that as information for you to figure out what's actually going on. I think what really helps is to remember that it is a bit like a grieving process. Mm. So just to drop a bombshell, I actually got fired again about a year later. (laughs) Um, It was a bit of a different situation. I was on a freelance contract. I was supposed to go full time. I actually kind of got to the point where I knew it wasn't the right thing. But at the similar thing, right, you go to work you present something. I mean, it's actually the parallel there was exactly the same. I presented something, presuming I was going to act on it. Told to go, I was back home by 11 a.m. And anyway, but the second time it happened, I went through those emotions, anger, sadness, like all those, it really is like the stages of grief. But because I knew what they were, I just let them flow a bit better because I was, I'm an experienced fired person, but it does really help to know that actually just really embrace the rage because it will pass. Yeah. You have to do that thing that, that any good therapist will tell you, which is sit in the shit, um, which essentially means you just have to, it sounds so woo woo, but it's true. You have to feel all the feelings. You can't push the bad stuff out. You just have to, you just have to let it run its course. Um, and don't feel shame. Yeah, or, or at try least, not to. I don't yeah, know. just confront it and just accept that, you know, shame is a really difficult emotion. It will very likely come up and just sit with it and know that, you, you know, you, you really have nothing to feel ashamed of. But at the same time, if that's what you're feeling, you've got to feel it. True that. Uh, there, but there are also some practical things that you can do. So in any kind of firing redundancy situation, there will inevitably be some kind of conversation about the terms of the severance. I would highly recommend that you prepare prepare for that. So I went through this and um, I wrote a list of questions in advance that I wanted to ask. I also did a bit of due diligence on my part and spoke to various people who I felt I could trust to sort of ask them their opinion of what I should ask. Let's be honest, that person was my mum. And um, I also actually took someone with me into that meeting. So mine was a face-to-face meeting, probably because it was actually a sort of a formal redundancy situation. I know that sometimes, depending on the industry you're in, so maybe in startups, these things won't necessarily be a face-to-face, but mine was a face-to-face and I took my little sheet of questions in and I actually also brought someone in there with me. Uh, It was a trusted colleague of mine if you work for a company where you have union representation highly recommend you take your union rep with you but there wasn't a union where I worked so I took a um 
took a colleague with me and basically all he did was take notes and it was just really nice to have because you know you're, you're sat there at this desk and there's usually an HR person there and maybe someone else maybe you know that there can be like up to like three people in the room and you're sat across a desk from them you feel awful and it's really daunting um it's really it can I took a lot of comfort having this little script that I had prepared and just basically a mate sat there next to me to take notes um and just to sort of be on my side of the table that sounds great really really sensible really good advice unsurprisingly that sort of meeting doesn't happen in startup land but saying that my sister's a lawyer so I did have someone I could speak to Mm. but by the way my sister's legal advice is always by the time you're bringing in lawyers you've communications completely broke down don't jump straight to that try and resolve things beforehand and I think that's actually really good advice because when you're in blind rage you want to escalate things really quickly but actually I think keeping your calm as much as you can or rage behind their back but (laughs) (laughs) rage rage in private yeah rage in private but also remember they're in your industry you know there's loads of things to remember to keep it cool and in general I think we both ended up getting okay deals out of it or whatever word we should use there um yeah definitely I think that that side of things all I mean it's always really unpleasant having to talk about money in any again we can go back to the dating analogy you know it's always hard to kind of divide up the assets so to speak once you've terminated a professional or romantic relationship uh but anyway sort of and then if you if you have um my final kind of like actually no I've got we've got there's there's a lot more sort of things we can go into but another kind of big practical tip I also want to share is thinking about how you talk about your firing if you are going for another job so if you don't kind of pursue what both of us did and go down the freelance route and you do want to go in for another job and you're going to interviews I think it's really important to prepare for the question of why did you leave your last job or if the actual kind of f word does explicitly come up how you're going to handle that situation so you know maybe instead of saying well this new boss came in and we didn't get on you might think about saying something like a new manager was brought in who decided to take the department in a new direction and it gave me pause for reflection so it's just all about I mean this basically what I'm essentially saying here here is reclaim the story and make sure you're writing your own narrative in which you're not the victim but you're the lead character well it should be authentic right because when you get fired you should work out what happened what it says about you and what that means for the next place you're going Mm. so if you if you want if you go for an interview that should be reflecting of the truth I got fired for this reason I learned this about myself this is what's different about coming here and this is why this is not a bad thing that's happened to me and you can then lecture them about how the greatest successes come out of our failures. <laughs> <laughs> Recommending Elizabeth Day's podcast. Well, also, I think for any anyone listening who is in a hiring position, it's also just to be open to the fact that people get fired. And that does not mean that that is going to be the defining moment of their career. And just because you've been fired does not mean that you are de facto a bad employee. If anything, I found in researching this episode... I found a really interesting study that was part, it was a 10 year study of CEOs that was published in a book called The CEO Next Door. And the authors looked at 
uh, over 2,000 executives and found that of those who got fired, 91% went on to find the same, if not more senior role afterwards. And on top of that, nearly half of the leaders studied said that they'd experienced a major career setback at one point or another one point or another like getting fired so a it's quite common and b it does not mean that you're not going to go off and have a successful career afterwards for sure so I definitely think when it comes to that interview whether you're interviewee or interviewer you need to be open and honest about it and also to circle back to something that I said at the very beginning but I think it's really worth emphasizing. It's so important to do everything you can to get financially secure. And by that, I mean, start wherever makes sense for you. Everyone is at a different point in their finances, but whatever small step you can do towards getting financially secure and kind of essentially planning for the worst, is a really, really important step and measure to take ideally before (laughs) something bad has happened well what is great about that as well is then you can work fearlessly Mm. whatever that might look like because the power dynamic shifts if you can leave it's a bit like a relationship right i'm sorry i promised i wouldn't keep doing this well no it's true because you should have your emergency fund should apply to any emergency that happens in your life yeah because if i'm in a relationship and i'm living in their house and I'm tied to them financially and it might be abusive or whatever it might be, but I can't leave for financial reasons. But if I do have that fund that you said, suddenly the power dynamic changes. I can leave. I'm not tied to this personal company. And I think that's just important for your own sense of self, isn't it? I completely agree. And I think with that, we should end this episode here with a pledge that we will all go off and put at least a pound into our emergency funds today. And work fearlessly. Thank you for listening. Thanks. Bye.